NNF After Dark is brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. For all of your vacation planning needs, visit www.sandpipervacations.com. Tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Welcome to NNF After Dark. Chris is going to take you through the highlights of the previous episode and maybe even say some bad words, plus celebrity interviews, and much, much more. And now, here he is, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris Wow, wow, wow. With that new intro, it sounds like I'm about to box one of the Paul brothers. <laughs> right? uh, welcome to No New Friends After Dark, episode three, where we not only peel back the curtain. What do we have to pull back the curtain? Not peel back. We're not peeling any curtains. We're pulling curtains. We're ripping them down. We're pulling off the hinges. We're talking about the prior episode. We're talking about things that didn't even make it into the episode. Uh, and that starts right now. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have this second show week. Scott's really happy to have this second show week. He's been trying to make us do this for, I don't know, how long has the podcast been going on now? Uh, ever since we went down from three to two, then to one, I've been wanting to go back up to uh, to two episodes. Yeah, that's that's a... Uh... I mean, that's like triple the amount of sex Scott has in a month. So yeah, I got to I got to I got to I got to get some action in some time. So anyway, some So yeah. listen, I'm your host, Chris. Scott's my other host. Sarah's my other host. I'm not going to let them talk because we do that in the first episode. I mean, they're going to talk during the episode. They're just not this is this is yours and Sarah's show. I'm just here to uh, tell some jokes, maybe write some cliff notes. Yeah, you're just here to uh, tell us how drunk you aren't. I'm not yet. Time. I'm not yet. Yeah, because last no. week I started I started drinking before the normal the regular Sunday episode started. So by the time that we recorded episode one, because we recorded out of our order, yeah, I was it, you you put it the best. Drinking for you guys is like a steroid for me at yeah. the the blocker. One yeah, it, it it it's true. I'm glad you remembered that. Well, you didn't remember, you probably listened back. So Scott. <laughs> Before yes. we get started here, uh, I, I do have a lot to get into from this prior episode, but uh, while Sarah was uh, gone, I think tucking her kids into sleep, her husband, Lewis, from the Nerd Archive podcast popped on, <laughs> and he specifically asked me to ask you, Sarah, what do the kids say when they when you play I Spy? Oh, this is fantastic. So, um, <laughs> Jordan, specifically, our youngest, mm -hmm. she she loves to play it, and so one time we're driving after school and she said i spy with my little eye something brown <laughs> we're looking all around okay the tree over there the garage door over there it's daddy <laughs> <laughs> so then we died laughing we thought it was hysterical <laughs> so she goes i spy with my little eye something white <laughs> it's sarah Oh, I she was going to say, was, it, it couldn't be Sarah, because that would be I Spy Something Ghostly. <laughs> <laughs> I Spy Something Translucent. So true. This light doesn't help me at all, really. It doesn't. No, yeah, I, I thought you I thought you were wearing like glow-in-the-dark black paint light. <laughs> I bought the expensive lights to, so that you could turn like a little yellow, so it gives me a slight tan. 
so I don't have to use the makeup that Scott tries to get me to wear every week. <laughs> Sarah, we the, Repu- the Republican Party call. They want their sheets back. <laughs> I think I used that joke already tonight. It's okay. Uh, so anyway, this so is this why is I the- don't drink in podcasts. <laughs> don't jokingly say it because you're going to say it seriously. I shot every time now. <laughs> yeah, no, we die from from intox- <laughs> from alcohol poisoning. So <laughs> okay, so this is the third episode of No New Friends After Dark. So we did talk about race tonight. So perfect. We have we, we can talk about anything we want now because we've already offended. <laughs> we've someone. already opened the door. Yeah, and we yeah. do have a really cool interview in segment two that Chris will tell you about later. It's a, it's probably one of my favorite interviews so far. It's okay. I don't want to say it's not offending anybody. I don't want to say it's the least important, least important person. It's the least famous person. I think we should say because she's pr- debatably the most important person we've interviewed. Yeah, it's the least famous person we've interviewed, but our favorite interview. Yeah. Um, and 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 we're gonna have a long lasting relationship with her. I think moving forward, um, which is really exciting. We will talk about that later in the episode. Right now, we're talking about the episode that we just recorded tonight. Scott, how, what? Scott, what'd you think about the episode? Well, let me pull uh, pull, pulling back the curtain uh, did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. So I I actually had another topic in mind most of the week for segment one. And that's what usually happens. I usually only come up with one segment and then we just kind of play off of it for the rest Mm -hmm. of the episode. So as I was listening to when when the last episode dropped, uh, which was the surrounded by dry fit. I, I was listening to the, the the part about the restaurants and it triggered me. It made me actually very, very angry that Chris was judging this restaurant. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to do a restaurant segment. I kind of said maybe we should do one. And it's been a very long time. And I really hate doing restaurant segments, to be honest with you, because I now I, Scott, I do yeah. want to cut you off for a second. Your first problem was taking anything that I say seriously. <laughs> well, of, and um, your first mistake was thinking that I took it seriously. I just thought it was a good jumping off point for a passionate thing. And it just I, honestly, it didn't work the way it, that I envisioned because I was so excited about it. I, I texted uh, Mary and Sarah. What was it yesterday morning? Yeah. And I was like, I want to do a restaurant segment. So come up with as many things as you can think of that piss us off that it's like if we could teach people how to run a restaurant. Uh, it would, they wouldn't be as angry. They, it would make more sense, and it just didn't. Uh, it didn't play out the way that I wanted it to, or the way that I hoped. But that's that's what happens sometimes. Uh, I think a segment's going to be really funny, and it falls flat. And then I'll think a segment's going to fall flat, and it ends up being really funny. So we were going off in the text, though. Oh, I know. Both, it was. I almost crashed three times because I was. I'm laughing, <laughs> and we're just. It was rapid fire. It there was. Wow, no, I should have been there. Yeah, there was no <laughs> double tap, triple tap rules. We were triple tap and quadruple tap and just on and on. It was the most engagement I've gotten out of anybody from this podcast <laughs> in the two years that we've been doing this. See, and I think that the best segments are the ones we aren't that aren't planned most of the time. I know. And because the segments that are planned even pivot to things that aren't planned and become staple say the dog sleeping in the bed like that was not planned we talked about that before so i'm not going to get into it but i mean like i don't know but you know i i i don't th- i think when you listen back to it it's not going to be as bad as you thought it was just because it didn't go as planned doesn't mean it was bad i think it's i think it was an okay segment this is what always happens every time i walk away from a bad episode or an episode mm-hmm. that i don't think was very good chris and i talk about it and as as soon as I edit it and I do the final editing, I'm like, okay, that was actually a pretty good episode. 
because I, you know, it, I can speed up the process a little bit, get to the punchlines and all that. But so now that we talked a little bit about the episode, what was said in the episode, I want to talk a little bit about what wasn't said in the episode. So we're gonna we're gonna say the word the the term peeling back the curtains a hundred times yeah. every episode. But so I hope you have your no new friends bingo card. Uh, peeling back the curtains. That's pretty much the free space. Yeah. So peeling back the curtains. We hop on tonight, and Scott asks us, like, "Hey, I hope you guys have something for tonight because I don't have a whole lot. I have for the first segment planned, but I don't really have anything planned for segments two and three. And I start to say something about a story that I wanted to tell that happened uh, to me, but I was like, I don't think this is really good for the show. I just don't feel comfortable with it on the show. But you know what? I've had a glass of wine since then. I'm drinking. I- I've had half a beer, eight percent." Uh, since then so I think I'm ready to tell that so and I have a follow so my question for tonight and I'm going to uh, ask you guys this before I tell my story so you guys can get the gears turning in your head are do you two have any favorite or embarrassing wingman or wingwoman moments in your life where you were just you had a perfect wingman moment where you were at a bar or at a wedding and you were like, and then you just kind of like gave that, that uh, Rajan Rondo assist to a friend of yours. And it just was perfect. Ended in, uh, in perfection. So I, I have a story. It just happened to me. So don't answer that right now. I'm going to tell my story. And uh, unless you want to tell your story first guy, you look pretty excited. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, no. So, <laughs> The only wingman story that I had, I, you know, I, it was someone else was wingmanning wing me. Sure. They were, they were winging you. Yeah, they were winging me. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 I met a girl and I reached it or I, I leaned in and I was like, hey, you want to get out of here? And uh, she's like, what? I was like, do you have any kids? Um, and <laughs> anyway, and, uh, continue. So I'm not good at the improv. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So um, Friday night, I had a really, really great time. I'm going to tell this whole story. Since this is No New Friends After Dark, I'm going to tell the whole story because we don't have any time time restraints on here. It's not going to be a long story, but it's not something I tell in the No New Friends podcast. And that's what makes this one so great. So I am in a very... Go ahead, Scott. Let me remind you that this does get published on the No New Friends like uh, stream uh, under the banner. So it comes out as a regular episode. No, I, no, I understand that. But I don't okay. have to. I'm not in the time restraints of a segment. Oh yeah, you go for it. Yeah, so I uh, so I have this very high stakes fantasy football league that I'm in every year, and it's expensive to join, but the stakes aren't really the money. It's the bragging rights, and it's just the honor of being champion because it's all my childhood friends. It's everyone that I've you know known for at least ten or so years. We've all formed a brotherhood. This this fantasy football league is so serious that we have an owners meeting, and we have an owners meeting in two weeks at Dave and Buster's. We run out of, we run out of room. We vote on new rule changes. We have and, and in the owners meeting, I give an opening monologue that will never be shown to the public <laughs> at all because it is the darkest thing you've ever seen in your life. All and, right, I like it. I'm there and, for it. And if anyone ever records it, we force them to delete it because no one feels comfortable with that <laughs> released to the public. It's like the Hangover. So yeah. So uh, so there's an owner's meeting. There's a draft that we go to usually Atlantic City every year and do a draft for a whole weekend. We do a draft one night and we just hang out the whole weekend. So it's this very, very tight brotherhood that we have, right? 
someone new won the championship this year and I'm a former champion. So what we did was my one friend texted, he said, Hey guys, pretend like this thing existed forever or pretend, pretend like this is normal. So he adds, uh, so he makes a group chat and he adds the new person. What he, <laughs> it's not like he added him because the group chat was made that day, but he added the new champion in and he said, Hey, congratulations. Welcome to the club. And then I chimed in and say, this is the longest running secret in this league's history, this group chat. And he totally believed it and everyone just went along with it. So this kid thinks that this fantasy, that this group chat of champions existed forever. So we took it one step further and, um, and another guy goes, yeah, you know, we go out to a dinner, a champion's dinner every year. It's all the champions. We get together and nobody knows about it except for the champions. So since we, since we, talked about it we had to do it so on, on friday night we we got our we had a reservation which we did make a reservation scott oh good 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 at a, at a steakhouse like a really nice steakhouse and everybody wore like blazers like it was a really nice place like everyone got dressed up to go and we had this champions dinner that to this day a week later still none of the non-champions know about like nobody nobody knows that this didn't happen unless you won this fantasy football but you put it on fantasy. facebook no i didn't i didn't oh did you just send it to us i just sent it to you oh, okay <laughs> you know, gotcha. no, nobody posted any pictures so so we go to this fantasy football champions dinner and then we broke it to him and we're like hey man and i recorded it all it's on my phone we recorded it all like hey man and we explained like this is not real and he was like he was like, listen, I told all my friends that this was like a thing that, that you guys have been doing for like the past eight years. He goes, I even went as far as saying the first ever champion went out and got dinner by himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had this, we had this steak dinner, but I said, but we said, listen, with all this being said, this is now very much a thing. And this is very much a secret that no one's going to know about. And then every year we're going to do this. So anyway, so that's fun as it is, but the fun, the more fun thing comes after the dinner. So me and a couple of my friends, it was three of us, went to a bar after the champions dinner. And we went to a neighborhood bar and we don't live in the city, right? We live in a, we live in the suburbs. So this neighborhood bar was not like, it, it's, it's funny because it's, it's either you're a college student or you're a, a parent. Like there's no in between, right? Like it's one, it's one of those bars. I took a picture of the DJ. The DJ is like a 55 year old mother with bangs <laughs> and like a nineties haircut and like um, playing the chicken dance. Yes. And she's playing. Yeah. So she's playing all like the top hits from 15 years ago. So we go in and as soon as we go in, like as soon as we go, because we're wearing our blazers, it looks like we're coming from somewhere very, very important because we're going to this dive bar. Like it's nowhere fancy. So we walk in. And these two moms, as the kids call them, MILFs. I think we're not MILFs. So we, we, go, we go in and these older women are like, ooh, look at these handsome young men coming in. Where, where are you guys coming from? And of course, I ignore them because I'm married. I do not talk to these women. So, um, it's, so there's three of us. The two of us are taken. I'm married. My other friend's engaged. But my third friend is single. Oh. Right? So my single, we're letting my single friend, you know, he, he's running the show that night. So like, listen, we're, we're with you. We're your wingmen tonight. Wherever you go, we go. We're like the Mandalorian and, and, and baby Yoda, right? Wherever you go, I go. <laughs> so 
he said, we're going to take a lap around the bar, which I didn't even know was a thing, but I guess the thing, I guess you're scoping out, I guess you're, you're scouting, right? So the average age at this place was 57. <laughs> wow. And that's, and that's which with the college kids. I know Scott's drooling right now. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's a great number for him. So, so we go to the end of the bar, we're having some drinks. And then the woman that said, Oh, who are, who are these young handsome men coming through? Two of them come over to us and they start talking to us. Oh, where are you guys coming from? So what are we going to say? What are we going to say? We're coming from a champions dinner. Like what are we, like a fantasy football champions dinner? It's like, what you guys just close a big deal? What do you guys? And I said, oh, we're all just celebrating. Just celebrating what? And I was like, oh, we're just celebrating life. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, listen, we're all just childhood friends. We have to make excuses to get together. And, uh, you know, we all just went out to a nice dinner tonight and I'll just celebrate being friends and just getting to see each other. And I thought it was like a very sweet thing. Right. So I want to break it to these people that I'm married because I don't want anyone hitting on me. Not like they're going to, but I just, I just, I don't want that guilt, that white guilt. So I don't think it applies to that actually. So anyway, <laughs> so, so the one woman says, oh, I'm married. It's, oh, so am I. And I, showed, and I showed my ring. And then she goes, but my friend, she's going through a divorce. So what, what is the, what is the great line that my, that my single friend, uh, lays on her? He goes, that's so hot. <laughs> and, and, and puts his arm around her. So anyway, so then we're, we're talking to them, right? We go around to the other side of the she, They leave. We go around to the other side of the bar. And this this woman who's going through the divorce, who is flirting with my friend, is now dancing with this older guy who looks like he sells solar. And when I say looks like he sells solar, it's he's wearing the dry fit polo tucked into khaki pants with running shoes. Right? Oh, God. So it's, like, it's, like, it's like, if he doesn't sell solar, then I'm not a scumbag reselling hoarder. <laughs> like, 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 this guy definitely sells solar, right? He's there with his other friend who sells solar, who's wearing the quarter zip with the khaki pants, uh, brown belt, and running shoes, right? Like, they were just not, they were just knocking doors but for the like last this, four hours. The, styly, the stylish, like, dress tennis shoes yes yes like the uh like they were uh, they were brooks like they were they were you know you could dress them up or dress them down but you, like, you there's no doubt that you sell solar so anyway you start dancing with this solar guy and they're like and they started like you know they're getting into it on the floor so the three of us are all talking they're like oh man she was ugly anyway you don't need her and she was old and this and that and, like we're just trash talking this girl now just the three of us right so then i get a little more drinks in me and now i'm like I'm unhinged at this point, right? Oh. And it's and it's twelve o'clock, which means Emily is here to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> so me and my friend live in the same neighborhood. So like, listen, Emily can pick us up. They're not going to Uber, but she's going to pick us up. So we're walking out the door earlier in the night when she's dancing with when this when this woman's dance with this solar guy. He's got a little bald spot on the back of his head, right? So I said, hey, listen, you got to go up to her when he leaves and be like, hey, what do you want? Uh, a guy that's bald, or you want a full set of hair? Right. Because he's at least 12 years younger than this guy. Right. We find out she's 38 years old. And my friend is like 27. Right. So a little bit of an age difference. So I'm leaving the bar and she's standing out there with her friend. And so I'm like, you know what? This is my chance. This is my this is my Rudy moment, Scott. This is uh, my Rudy moment. Listen, yeah, I, I'm happily married. I don't flirt with other girls. Right. But this was my chance to flirt with someone for someone else. So. I listen, it, it makes sense. So I go out and I, I start spitting some game with this girl for my friend, not for me. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing with that old guy on the dance floor? What are you doing? So I, and then I used the, I was like, hey, what do you want? A guy with a bald spot? Or you want a guy with a full head of hair? 
And she was like, oh yeah, your friend was really cute. She's like, give him my number. I was like, oh, so I, so I took her number down and texted it to him. And I texted him when I'm leaving and I'm like, hey, don't use the bald spot joke. I mean, don't use the bald spot pickup line because I just used it. Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> but, but here's her name and number. And guess what? Successful mission. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, nice. Uh, successful mission. I, so I got the assist. So like I ended that night with one assist. I got okay. a single, a single, single. I got one assist. And that was actually, I got one, the, one assist. But that was my, that was my Rudy moment, Scott. Because listen. I don't, I, I've been married, I've been married for two years. No, I've been married for one year now. One year. And I've been with You're, Emily for like 11. You, hold on. You've been married uh, in too short of a time to forget how many years you've been married. Married in one year is like six years in relationship. <laughs> single, in single years. Right. So right. I, listen, I've been married for one year, right? And I've been with Emily since junior year of high school, right? I haven't, I haven't spit game to any girls. Uh, since junior of high school to Emily, right? Being able to try to kind of like spit some game and say like, I still have it from like junior of high school, which I was really creepy. was really cool for me. Like that was real. That was a, like, I wrote that. Like when I wrote my diary entry that night, when I came home and I wrote my diary. Yes. Yeah. Diary. Sure. Brett Kavanaugh had one that saved him from rape charges. Scott. Oh, okay. Got it. So are you, <laughs> do you have a diary to save yourself from rape charges? Listen, not or rape charges, you, but all legal charges. Or do you just need to change your tampon? The only thing I don't write in my diary is how much I lose on the online casino <laughs> every day. Because <laughs> that, that's up for speculation. But, uh, but yeah, man. So I basically got laid. <laughs> <laughs> no man that that was like I, I don't know how to explain that but it's like uh I, I i'd say it was an assist but i feel like it was almost like a walk-off home run like so my friend, <laughs> you, you didn't my, have to actually touch home plate no my friend was exactly so you, was, you got the rbi you got the it was rbi a, yeah the game winning rbi run. yeah you so my friend <laughs> <laughs> my friend my friend was on third base and i hit the game winning rbi so i walk off home run because i didn't have right. to, i didn't have to touch home plate but yeah man so like i was and and he never he never said thank you <laughs> but i know deep down he appreciates me for um a woman that he'll never talk to again <laughs> <laughs> oh good for him happy uh steak and a bj day yeah, I mean, and you know what? I broke Lent and I ate steak that day, but I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I traded Jesus because St. Patrick's Day, apparently you're allowed wait, to eat meat. Wait, what? Wait, wait, were you collecting like holy cards? You traded Jesus for a John the Baptist or a piece of meat? Judas? <laughs> this is how it works. Listen, my friend got a couple pieces of meat that night. <laughs> one was cooked medium. The other one, I don't know. But um, so... Um, <laughs> On St. Patrick's Day, we're allowed to eat meat because the Pope says so. Uh -huh. And uh, I just, look, I'm not going to eat meat on Friday because uh, I, I, I eat meat. Listen, you go to a steakhouse, you can't order chicken. Oh, no, I can't eat chicken anyways. I mean, I can't order fish. I'm not going to get the salmon. I got to get the salmon. I got to get salmon. Listen, Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. So it's Lent. You can't eat meat on Fridays if you're Catholic like myself. So and I follow that. And so last Friday, I went to the steakhouse. Jesus would have been disappointed if I got fish. Okay. At a, steak, at a steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. So here's, let's uh, picture it. Um, 
Jerusalem, zero. Um, <laughs> so, so Jesus is walking the the path, the the famous trail of tears, if you will, to go get crucified. Okay, and he says, "Hold up, hold up, hold up, guys! It's St. Patrick's Day. I can't be killed today." <laughs> like, is is that how how sacrifice works? Listen, I do whatever the Pope tells me to do. I follow him blindly <laughs> when. When he tells me that I can eat meat on St. Patrick's Day. Now, I am a little worried, Scott, because I am going to say on a Friday. It is. And I am Uh, going to St. Patrick's Day party on Friday. So I am a little worried that they're going to have some like buffalo chicken dip there. And they're like, oh, Jesus, (laughs) bail me out here. Like, this is buffalo chicken dip we're talking. (laughs) But here's the thing. You're Catholic. Right. So if you break a rule or sin, you just ask for forgiveness. You're good. Yeah, so you bring up a really, really convincing point there, Scott. <laughs> I know, and it's it's not a sin; it's a voluntary. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna simulate the sacrifice that Jesus made by walking down the trail of tears to get murdered by the Jews. Um, and look, you can break that; it's fine. I, because 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 hold on, because Jesus did not fulfill that full sacrifice; he didn't stay dead. He was like Anne Heche. He got up and he walked away from death. Okay. So it's fine. You, if he didn't fulfill the full sacrifice, you don't have to either. Let's break this down for a second because you bring us some very good points. Let's happy, happy uh, Zombie Jesus Day. Sarah, we're going to educate you a little bit here because I know you don't know a lot about this. Stuff. You don't know what your people I have did. I so many questions. But <laughs> this Jesus, this Jesus guy that you think is just a human actually was a god. Yeah, he hold on. He rose from the dead three days after he died, and nobody recognized him. I don't know if that's how it worked. He looked different. Did uh, I don't think that I don't think that's part of the Bible. But um, but we'll reread it on uh, every time we episode. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so okay, okay, all right. right. You bring up a good point. So Jesus died, right? And I'm talking this out because I want you to make this make sense. I don't know if it's the wine in my head it's the beer in my head or if it's the wow you're right scott in my head so jesus died comes back to life set after the seventh day he rose from the dead right third third day he rose from the dead yeah, he days. was he was murdered right. by the jews on uh on good oh. friday why they call it the jews must have named good friday good friday and then he rose three days later on sunday which is actually two days later if he rose from the dead how did he get to heaven what if he rose from the dead uh-huh. How did he die again? Did he die again? He did die again, but nobody knows how. The Mormons killed him. I don't know. He he didn't he didn't he died at some point. We'll have to break that down <laughs> for another time. It doesn't really say I, I don't know that it really says in the Bible how Jesus died again, like Anne Hesh. Maybe maybe in a car accident. I don't know. So Sarah, you've got kids, right? <laughs> I'm just reading all of these comments coming in, trying to figure out what actually happened. No useful information yet, though. No, 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 no. They're mostly just talking smack about how I let Chris talk all this time. This is after dark. <laughs> Chris gets to talk during this. Yeah, this is this is. I'm the captain now. So as we ponder how Jesus died twice, we're gonna we're gonna let you listen to an interview. <laughs> Perfect segue from religion to our celebrity interview. We interview, actually non-celebrity interview this time, we talk to Laura Willoughby, who should be a celebrity. She should be a celebrity. In in, in, in all actuality. 
she but it actually worked out for her. She almost became a celebrity. She bossed celebrities around. Yeah. Essentially. She's casting director. Spoiler alert, if you listen to the interview. We interview Laura Willoughby, which is our personal favorite interview thus far in our short history of interviewing people. But our favorite nonetheless. You know, she's such an interesting human being, Scott. And I think you can attest to this as well as, well as Sarah, that she was just, it's just awesome to talk to. And you're going to be able to hear her talk next on No New Friends After Dark. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're in the area for her film festival. And if you are, buy us a plane ticket. Let us come down. Let us join <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, let us stay at your place. Uh, we're all poor. Well, so some of with, us are poor. Scott's not. Well, Scott is, but his wife's not. Without any further ado, here's Laura Willoughby from the Bedford Film Festival. There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ plus owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs in a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast after dark. We are joined by another special guest this evening. Um, her name is Laura Willoughby, and she is the president and CEO of the Bedford Film Festival. Did I get that right, Laura? Absolutely. Yes, you did. <laughs> so tell what is what is the Bedford Film Festival? First of all, it's in Bedford, Virginia. Uh, mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the Bedford Film Festival. Yeah, so uh, the Bedford Film Festival was set up uh, five years ago. So we're, we're going into our fifth year. We are set up in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains, Appalachian Mountains, um, right at the Peaks of Otter in Bedford. We put the film festival here for a couple of different reasons. Um, I have family that's actually from Bedford, and um, a couple of my kids were, were visiting here. I was long gone from Bedford, Virginia many years ago and thought, you know, that's that's rear view mirror stuff. I will never look back there. I actually had, I grew up in San Diego, but um, my high school years, we actually moved uh, back to Virginia. So I went to uh, a little high school called Brookville High School in Lynchburg, Virginia. And uh, my family was from Bedford and uh, my kids came out for a little visit and they were like, you know, Bedford's changed. Like it's a little different. It's, it's, you know, and I was like, well, maybe I'll pop back in one day. And my eldest son, who is all, is in the film business he was like mom this would be a great place for like a film festival like you know we could really I, i'm a big believer in paying forward and giving back and and those kinds of things so he's like this would be a great place to put a film festival because there are so many talented people who live in these little rural areas 
and they have the talent, but they have no idea what to do to kind of cultivate themselves and to kind of progress themselves. And so I, I, I came out and I said, okay, let, let's try one and see what happens. And we thought it was going to be a very small little thing. And oh my goodness, it just like we had <laughs> like for a first, first year film festival in a little bitty town, we had probably 50, 55 guests. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we, we were quite shocked. And we had so many submissions. We are an international film festival. So we take submissions from everywhere. And uh, we had so many submissions from, from the Virginia area. And uh, the Virginia Film Office contacted us. And they've been a sponsor of ours all five years. Every year, they, they donate a little money for us. And uh, Destination Bedford... Uh, which is a little group in Bedford that is constantly working with tourism, you know, to try to get people here. And there's just so much history. There's so much going on here, uh, history wise. So they're constantly trying to get people in. And they were very pleased that we, you know, we brought people. Our first year, we had a guy from France show up. Wow. We had three. Yeah. We had three people from Ireland show up. We had a guy from Canada. And then we had multiple people from across the uh, United States. We had multiple people from California, um, a guy from Texas. And we were scratching our heads going, wow, really? Like, this is awesome. So then we just kind of opened up into doing work workshops and you know writers workshops or how to find money for your film workshops and um you know constantly people are like oh you know my daughter's six and she's beautiful and i really want to put her in movies so we started doing workshops like um growing up hollywood and we got people like um jeremy miller mm -hmm. um uh julie Mala. Uh, Claudia Wells uh, from Back to the Future. We we just had these people going, "Hey, we'd love to help. We'll we'll come out for you, wow. and uh, we'll do these workshops." Yeah, yeah. And then we got our five hundred one c three nonprofit status so that we can try to do these workshops for free. And um, so basically, that was the long winded way of saying we have this little film festival, and people submit on Film Freeway. And then we uh, have a little competition. We have judges who go through all the films and then we pick winners and uh, then we show those winners. And then what we do for people is we try to connect them to distributors um, or to agents, managers, um, people that can actually help them move forward. And that's kind of what we do. That's super interesting. Now, do you do you have a background in the film industry? Oh yes, yes I do. <laughs> I um I actually started uh, like I said I grew up in San Diego, so um I grew up as an actress. I I did um local television shows, modeling calendars, um just, you know, a little bit of this and that. And um I went for an audition um for Pet Cemetery, way back. Wow, that was that was the first, very first horror movie I ever saw. Wasn't was that Pet great? Cemetery. I love that movie. Oh, 
my gosh. Scott loves yeah, dogs. So, so that's went, right up his alley. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I went up to audition and they were like, oh, you know, you're just, you're just not absolutely right for the part. And so a friend of mine was with me and we started chatting uh, with the casting directors and uh, after a few minutes, the casting director said, would you do me a favor? And I said, yeah, sure. And she's like, would you read this character, um, you know, this character breakdown? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I read it and she's like, okay, so now I'm going to show you like five pictures and I want you to pick an actor that kind of matches. And, and I was like, oh, and so I picked out like one and then I did a backup and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> you're you're good at this she offered me a job in the casting department like right there and wow. I, I was just there to audition mm. yeah That's amazing. So i was like yeah so i was like this is this is awesome um it was um her name was polly and um she worked for a uh, champion basker so uh fern champion was the casting was the lead casting director and these girls were there as assistants and they picked me up and i discovered this is really cool because he is an actress and when you're on set or like I did plays as well as, as film and TV. And I was like, you know, you're, you're always so careful about everything, you know, your hair, your makeup, your, your weight, don't eat, don't be at the craft service table. Don't, 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 don't. And I discovered very quickly that on the crew side of it, we get to wear our sweatpants and we get to put our hair in a ponytail and we can eat anything from raisins to Snickers at the service <laughs> table and nobody cares. <laughs> like nobody cares. There's nobody like monitoring everything that you do. So I was like, you know what? I like being on the crew side. Like I like this. So I kind of stuck with crew side and it was probably less than 10 years ago. I turned to producing and oh. uh, it was really kind of, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a vanity thing because I was just like, you know, as you get older, people don't want to hire you as much. And I was like, screw it. I'll write my own stuff and nice. I'll produce it. Yeah. Incredible. I'll be an actor things. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I suck at finding money. It's like, uh, I <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's really good oh, at finding I, money, but that's just something oh, okay. she was brought up with. Well, Sarah, you're my new best friend. So, <laughs> Are, any projects that we would that uh, that you've worked on that we would know, either in production or uh, or in the casting department? Yeah, so in the casting department, you probably know quite a few. As a producer, my my budgets are so small, but. Um, as a casting director, yeah, I worked on things like uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, Dragonfly with Kevin Costner, Summersby with Richard Gere and Jodie Foster, Jaws 3D in Florida with Dennis Quaid and Bess Armstrong. I love that. Uh, let me tell you, I love that movie so much. And my mom, I was, I was three, I was three years old when that movie came out, and my mom was going to take us to because I, I'm in Orlando, Florida. My mom was going to take us to. Huh? to see world to sit in the stadium and uh and be in that one yeah. scene the crowd scene but she was like a three-year-old i don't know that that would work <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny because it's it's funny how the universe uh does things like that because i worked for about five days on that scene where they filled the orlando stadium with with uh people you know with background and the background the extras 
And I was in charge of like, um, as I was there as casting, I wasn't the casting director, but I was assisting the casting director. And um, it was awesome because I got to hand out like all the little box lunches and answer all the questions and <laughs> tell people, sit down, you can't get up yet. Or no, you can't, you can't move seats. You got to stay where you are, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun being out there. Yeah. I love Orlando. It's great. That, that's, that's amazing. So is that kind of where you got acquainted with, uh, with, uh, and help me out on the pronunciation, Carl Gottlieb, uh, who wrote the Jaws films? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, I just recently met Carl. Um, oh, incredible guy. Yeah. He is just awesome. I met him through my PR guy, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Joyner, Steve J. Right. And, uh, I met Carl, you know, Carl was like, what's this, um, you know, this film festival thing that Steve keeps talking about. And I was like, oh, you know, we, we have, you know, people come out and do these workshops and talk to people. And uh, Carl was like, I'll do a workshop for you. And I was like, oh, well, thank you, Mr. Gottlieb. But we couldn't even think of affording you. And he's like, no, 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 I will do it for you. uh, Because I think that we should give back. And I was like, Oh, you're wow. awesome. I, I called my attorney and I was like, I need a contract like super fast before this guy wakes up and goes, what am I thinking? <laughs> and so, yeah. So she, she got me a contract and we got it over to Carl and um, he's bringing um, uh, Kelly Maroney uh, with him. And Kelly Maroney was in fast times at Ridgemont high. She was in a uh, night of the comet, you know, fun movies fun 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 movies sure and uh, so she's she's gonna come out for us as well but that's how i met carl yeah through through my pr guy that's awesome that's awesome and then you also have uh claudia wells coming to the film festival and uh for those of you who don't know claudia wells is the the cast member of back to the future that everybody kind of forgets about but she was the original jennifer parker in <laughs> back to the future part jennifer one before, yep before she had to kind of uh spend some time with her family and then they re recast uh what was it, Elizabeth Shue in that role. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I was trying to get I was thinking, hmm, how awkward would this be because uh Keith Coogan will come out uh for me for the festival. I'm I'm trying to get that locked. Uh he's not secured yet, but I was thinking how much fun to have Keith Coogan and Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting and claudia wells from back to the future i was like hmm <laughs> i might awesome. just do that so we're working on it <laughs> wow working on that. that's uh, that's so awesome now you mentioned off air that you live in ireland right now so how did you go from san diego virginia and and now ireland <laughs> okay so yeah i'm a world traveler and i i just i love of it. I love to travel. But basically, yeah, I was working away in um in Los Angeles, just working on films, doing whatever it is producers do, pretending to work, I guess, is what a lot of people think. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what Chris does. Chris day. pretends to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you always on your phone? It's like you work 22 weeks out of the year and you get one movie. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Chris works 22 minutes out of the year, and it's usually just trading Pokemon cards. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That can be good money. Look. Hey, see, I'm trying to tell them. (laughs) You got to get those rares, right? Exactly. Um, (laughs) She gets me. So, yeah, I I was there in, in L.A., 
And uh, a friend of mine was just like, uh, we had been introduced through mutual friends. And so he was like, you know, why don't you pop into Ireland? They have these really great tax rebates here. And I was like, rebate? What? Explain rebate. <laughs> like, I understand tax credits. I know tax incentives. I know product integration, distribution. What are, what are these tax rebates you speak of? And he was like, no, no, come and and just check it out. So I went there for a visit in um, in October of 2014, you know, checked out. I went to uh, the unions. I went and checked out uh, the film commission. Uh, it's called Screen Ireland now. I chatted with them a little bit and they were like, yeah, so this is how it works. You make a movie and... 30 days after you turn in your final cost report, we give you a check back for like 25 to 30% of, of all the qualified spend that you put into a movie. Wow. And I said, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And they still do it to this day. And I said, awesome. How, sign me up. How do I, how do I live here? Right. Sarah, <laughs> I see so, Sarah Googling how to move to Ireland right yeah, now. Oh, I, I've done that multiple <laughs> times in the past and it just gives me another reason to do it. She follows rebates. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the tax incentives and the rebates there are to die for. They are, I mean, and they make it so easy there. Like everybody is so lovely. I mean, you, you just, you never find a, a cross Irishman. Uh, it's, it's, no matter what's happening, they're just, you know, like, nah, you know, let's go have a smoke and we'll have a pint and then we'll figure it out. And I was like, wow. I don't know how to deal with not being stressed. So somebody's <laughs> going to have to yell at me or something because I cannot work like this. I can't work this <laughs> relaxed. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I got my um, actual business permission in February of 2015. And so I worked on, uh, you know, a few films there. I worked on, uh, I produced uh, Wild Goose Lodge, which was a historical piece, but we did get distribution for it. Uh, we got some local theaters, some theaters in, in London. Um, and I think you can find it on like RTE or some, some of the Irish stations. It was a great movie. It had a lot of Irish professionals in it. Yeah. So I just, I just continued to work there, met a lot of really good actors. And uh, so I, I hop them across the pond to America whenever I can. You know, if somebody calls and needs me to produce something in America, I go, yes, but it's a package deal. You know, I, there's three, my three favorite actors have to come. I have a, a producer friend that has to be with me and they're like, you're insane, but fine. How do we work this out? <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Just uh, a friend who just happened to be paying attention to, you know, a newspaper article that said, you know, try to get your friends to film in Ireland. It was great. Oh, that's so cool. Now these, some of these names that, that, uh, that participate in the, the Bedford, uh, Bedford Film Festival, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains, Anthony Michael Hall from Weird Science, Claudia Wells, who we talked about, Carl from Jaws that we talked about, Kelly Mer Did they are, are these names that you reached out? Oh, Eddie Deason from Greece. Are these names that you reached out to, or did they just kind of hear about it and say, I want to be involved in this? Um, no, I actually, well, Jeremy Miller, I am really good friends with him and his fiance, Joni. So when I was talking about the film festival, they were just like, well, you know, if there's anything we can do, um, let me know. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, I never thought of bringing someone from California to Virginia. 
you know, I was like, oh, they're going to sit on a porch and <laughs> kind of grow cobwebs <laughs> and be bored. So I think we'll leave that alone. But Jeremy was like, no, look, anything you need. And I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm doing this little workshop called Growing Up Hollywood. And it is basically a little seminar um, for parents who are really adamant about, you know, oh, my kid is, you know, beautiful. I want them in commercials. I want. And so I, I thought, let's let's do a workshop where we legitimately tell people what it's really like. So get into the nitty gritty of the hours and the crazy people around you, you know, who don't understand you're a kid, you're, you you know, you can't, there's things you shouldn't be doing or you, you know, couldn't do, but there it's just, it's, it's craziness. So uh, Jeremy came out and did that for me. Everyone else um, after Jeremy uh, and Joni volunteered to help, I reached out to. And most of them are people that I've worked with. Anthony Michael Hall, I've known for, gosh, probably 15 years or more. Claudia, I've known for a couple of years. I was actually introduced to Claudia through uh, Joni and Jeremy. They oh, are wow. friends. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Eddie and Carl and uh, Kelly Maroney. I met them through my PR guy, through Steve. So, um, you know, that's kind of how. And then there's other people that I know, like um, my kids are in the business. So I'm going to reach out to some other people this year, like uh, Jason Muse. I've worked with Jason a couple of times and he knows my son. So um, I'm going to ask Jay to come out. Uh, I'm going to ask Danny Trejo to come out. Now, I haven't confirmed this with them yet. So you guys are getting a little oh, bit of a oh, scoop. Little but, oh, um, breaking. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't contacted them yet, but um, but I'm going to. I'm going to try to get to it in the next week or so. So, yeah, that's how I do. I just reach out to people that I kind of know. And then I ask them, uh, who do you know that you could bring? You know, hey, Jay, you want to bring Kevin Smith? That would be awesome. Right. So, you know, I do. I <laughs> that yeah <laughs> i do a lot of that why it's not like, Re reach for the stars right that. exactly and all they can say is no so now something yeah. something that i know and, I, and i'm not going to talk about it too much because we are going to have jeremy jeremy miller on in a couple weeks but uh he's going to be doing like a cooking demonstration at the film festival and uh and cooking like vip there's going to yes. be a vip table and all that that's really wow. cool yeah yeah jeremy has agreed to do a fundraiser for us um because like i said we do a lot of uh, our seminars and our workshops are just free and but we still have to pay for things yep. so he's coming out to do a fundraiser for us he is i mean he's an incredible chef like he's cooked for us like multiple times he's incredible and, and so he's like well how can i help like if it's not an acting thing you know what can i do with like the cooking stuff and so jeremy does these awesome cooking shows so what he does is he'll go into someone's home and he will prepare a, a, a meal, like a full course meal for you. But he's kind of like, it's a cooking show in the sense that he's kind of teaching you the recipes as he, as he kind of goes along. And then you can Q and A and, and stuff and then get served dinner and you eat and Jeremy goes away. And I thought, you know, that is actually very awesome. People love to eat, especially here in Virginia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I must like, be I'm a Virginian then because I love to eat. <laughs> right? Right? We're all foodies at the end of the day. Yes, we but, are. But, um, yeah, so Jeremy, <laughs> so Jeremy was. Um, loves them. Big fan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? We have this little bitty food truck they call it a roundup and there's like maybe 
six to eight food trucks in there. And I find it just, it's here in Virginia. And I like to go just for the novelty of it because food trucks are kind of new in this area. Like, you know, like when you're in Atlanta or New York or LA or even Dallas, Chicago, you, um, you like food trucks are just kind of there. You know what I mean? Like they're, a, they're yep. there and you, yep. you go, oh, hey, I think I'll, I think I'll have a taco or you know, uh, I'll go get a salad from a food truck. Here it's novel and it's um, it's interesting. So they they have this little corner. It's like a parking lot, and they they put these eight six to eight little food trucks in, and it, it's only like one weekend of a month. And I just find it so awesome. And I just go there just because it's just like, oh, this is just cool that they even have this here. <laughs> so, That's awesome. so I'm with you on the food trucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. But yeah, so Jeremy is going to come out and do a, a cooking show for us. And we are selling, well, we say we're selling tickets. That's really a lie. People are donating uh, to the cost. So they do get a um, a receipt for it, like a, a tax deductible write-off for, for donating. Sarah's and taking we always notes. tell people, look, if you can't, <laughs> but if you can't make the dinner, like if you can't, you can still donate. I mean, we're not going to say no to your money, but while you're there, while you're at this event, Jeremy will take pictures with you. He will sign autographs for you. Wow. Yeah. He's going to be doing like, you know, all of these things after, after the dinner is done. Uh, we're also going to have another one. It's called Mama Doe's. And uh, that is Chef Qu uh, Quinetra Purdy from Louisiana. And she's going to come out and do one another night for us during the week. Uh, so we'll have Jeremy Miller and then we'll have uh, Chef um, Quinetra Purdy out. And she'll just be doing Louisiana style food. And she's going to do the uh, king cake. So whoever gets the king cake is going to win like a little basket of, you know, of little goodies so we can get people to to donate so we can do more, you know, so we can do more workshops basically and and more um kind of paying it forward to filmmakers in the area who just need to know where to go how to do it you know if you get a hankering to just up and run to la and go i'm gonna get an agent it's like okay sure but let me help you at least with the cost of getting there spending a week hotels we we just want to be helpful that people in areas that are not as connected that we can help them get those connections is is basically what the film festival is trying to do and eventually hopefully we can fund movies you know we'll we'll have our own little project green light <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah yeah. This, what yeah that's what we're striving for that's what we're striving for chris question for laura yeah laura real quick so you said you were on the set of a jaws movie yeah I always yeah, had this Jaws question with, uh -huh. and hopefully you have a little bit of insight. How do they train the shark to do whatever they want? <laughs> <laughs> they feed them really bad people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't it, pay no attention to my friend, Laura. I'm, I'm sorry about that question. <laughs> they are very mechanical when they work. <laughs> Fun fact. And why I love the jaws franchise so much. One of my first theme park jobs, jobs i drove the jaws boats at universal studios florida so i Did love you really jaws. yeah i didn't know That's that awesome. yeah yeah so <laughs> i love everything jaws my 40th birthday I, I had a shark cake uh everything around my house i've got jaws socks it, i'm oh a jaws man. well you know what that's really interesting um carl has a book called, I think it's called the Jaws Journal. 
or something to that effect. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up like this outdoor screening of Jaws and it's going to be like in a parking lot. It's a pop-up movie theater because there's no movie theater here, but I'm, I'm trying to raise money to actually put one here. So, but we're going to do this pop-up in the, in a parking lot, which I think is awesome. And we're going to yeah. show Jaws. Carl is going to do a Q&A. He's going to do a writer's little workshop for us, but he's going to do a little Q&A and he's going to sell this book and it's called the Jaws Journal. And it is basically like everything they went through trying to make that original Jaws movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't wait because I really want my hands on that book. So, um, you know, all the little insider tidbits. And uh, so he's bringing that with him uh, to sell. So, um, I'll get I'll get you guys a copy. That's what oh, that's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Laura, I have one more. I don't have another question. Uh, I have a comment. I just I just wanted to just applaud you for the, all these aspirations you have. You want to you know it, it's just so cool with filmmaking because people don't understand how important filmmaking is. And and filmmaking is and film itself is just it's just so important and it's so cool that you go to the lens that you do to just keep that alive and keep these young filmmakers maybe even old filmmakers who have a dream to put their film on the screen I just think that's so cool and what you're doing with in Bedford is just amazing and I I wish I lived a little closer so that I could have could come by because it just seems like such a great event where you're gonna gather a whole bunch of just really like-minded people and it just seems like a really fun fun time oh well thank you so much yeah you know it's um i think that even though this may sound so very cliche-ish but i genuinely believe that what you put out you get back i just you know to me hollywood and and by hollywood i don't mean the place i mean the system of making Mm -hmm. films tries to be so jaded and exclusive And I find that hysterical because I think that what we need are more movies. You know, when we have a pandemic, what do we do? How do we entertain ourselves? Well, we stream a movie, don't we? Yeah. If you are having just a bad mental health day or a bad mental health year, a comedy, you know, just put on a Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor film. And there's no way, you know, that your endorphins are not going to kick in and your dopamines and serotonins aren't going to you know, start flooding the brain. And I just think that there's room for everybody to make films, whether they're independent, whether they are studio, whether they're somewhere in between. Uh, it doesn't matter if if you've got the passion to get out there and do the work to make it, somebody should see it. And look, if we've got a Ed Wood it and and Bobby Bowfinger it, then then that's what we got to do. And why not help? You know, that's awesome. <laughs> like just why not? Help? I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Laura, when is when is the the festival? And how how can our listeners find the, find more information about the festival? All that good stuff. Sure, sure. So the festival is always the first Saturday of July. So this year it will be Saturday, July first. This year will be the first year that we've got a few preliminary events like Jeremy cooking. Mama Doe's cooking show, um, and uh, we'll be doing those pop-up movies as well in, in the parking lot, which I think is going to be so much fun for Bedford because they just, you know, they're not as savvy to those outdoor screenings. So I think it's going to be so much fun. But anyway, that aside, uh, we are on Facebook, Bedford Film Fest. We are on Instagram, Bedford Film Fest. We have a website, it's a Bedford Film Festival or bedfordfilmfest.com. And uh, we're adding the events to it. Uh, there are pages where you can donate to the nonprofit if you want. There is a place where you can sponsor. So 
if you're a company or even if you're just a person who wants to sponsor something, we do have packages where you can sponsor something like, let's just say you love Anthony Michael Hall and you're like, I'll sponsor him. How much is he? And you know, how much is it for his hotel and his per diems and all of these things? Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll give you all that information. Um, so corporations, people, private people, that's all on the website. So, um, and that was uh, yeah, Be- bedfordfilmfest.com. Uh, no New Friends Podcast is going to make a donation to the film festival because it's important and uh, you've been fantastic and we want to do whatever we can to help out. Thank you so much. Like I say, and it's tax deductible. So <laughs> you'll fantastic. get something back. Awesome. Thank you. Laura, thank you so much for coming here. And, uh, you know, as we get closer, if you've got time, we'd love to have you come back on to remind everybody about the uh, Bedford Film Fest July 1st in Bedford, Virginia, which I hear is beautiful. Absolutely. And yes, it is. It is gorgeous here. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. You're listening to the No New Friends Podcast After Dark. We'll be right back. You want to join a cult? Well, this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon-exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to nonewfriendspodcast.com and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course. So we weren't lying. She's super interesting. Can't believe you thought I was lying, guys, all listeners of the show. But uh, yeah, she was awesome. Laura Willoughby, Bedford Film Festival. If you're in Bedford that weekend, go to her damn film festival, guys. It's going to be awesome. Support small films. Yeah. You support us, so support them. It's going to be a cool event. Uh, And you can check out uh, bedfordfilmfest.com. And there's all sorts of information. They're looking for donations. We're going to be a sponsor-ish of that as well. And uh, she's going to be hooking hooking us up with some other really, really cool guests coming up very, very soon. Very exciting guests that we've got coming up. Like who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we do have uh, Jeremy Miller is one of them uh, who played Ben Seaver on Growing Pains. He'll be with us in, I think, two weeks. Uh, although that episode may not drop in two weeks, uh, but he will be with us in two weeks. Also in two weeks, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sadly, Imagineer Rolly Steinberg could not. <laughs> no, <laughs> Crawley. <laughs> no, it's not even Crawley. It's Ra- Raleigh Crump. Raleigh Crump. Just booked him. We just booked him too late, man. <laughs> Listen, for anyone who's wondering, Scott leaves me up to the booking. Why are and- you talking like this? Why? Why are you all... Just like talking like I just I jazz station DJ because it's late and Emily's trying to go to sleep. Oh, okay. Well, then here, let me let me take it over real quick. Take us out, Scott. I'm going to. Well, I'm not going to take us out. I'm going to take a stab at something here. And this is probably going to be a disaster, but let's go for it anyway. We've got Scott's Cliff Notes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. So that's why you seem so distracted the whole time. Yes. So let's let's I see how this is boring. <laughs> no. 
All right. So Chris likes to say uh, we're going to peel back the the curtain, peel back the, the the curtain, peel back the pages, whatever. He likes to peel back a lot of things like the wrappers of Pokemon cards. <laughs> I, I really wish I would have peeled back the wrapper of the condom. You know, because I have 57 kids. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll call this Scott's crickets. Uh, <laughs> I just can't laugh loud. I know. I know. So uh, Chris said that they went to a really fancy restaurant, uh, really fancy restaurant, but they actually had to leave and go to another one because the fancy restaurant did not have booster seats for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote these kind of out of order. So I'm, so I'm uh, trying to find out where to go here. Okay. Chris, Chris said he's in a, he's in a, a high stakes fantasy football league. Um, I'm not, I stopped listening. I heard steak and immediately got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Chris said that if uh, you know they do this uh, this speech and all that, they video it, or nobody can video it. But if somebody does video it, th- this is a video that can never be released to the public. I've got videos that just shouldn't be released to the public. <laughs> Mostly just me doing the backstroke at a pool. A lot of those videos on YouTube, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> me in a dress, you know, all that good stuff. Chris said that they all uh, they all wore blazers. Now, you know, there shouldn't have been a joke here, but when he said blazer, I immediately saw Sarah perk up uh, because she he, she thought she he was talking about her people. So uh, happy early four twenty, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I was really proud of that one. <laughs> That was really good. I didn't want to laugh at that one. I didn't want to. Chris said, you know, they 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 have to make excuses to go out. So they do this high stake fantasy football uh, champions dinner, whatever. I'm such a loser that I have to make up excuses to make friends and hang out with friends. Jokes on you guys. There is no podcast. <laughs> that was my favorite one. <laughs> that was my favorite one. And finally, Chris said he uh, he was so fired up. He got uh, he got an assist. Uh, he got an assist because he pretty much got half the lay. Did you also get half the crabs, Chris? <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> and those are my cliff notes. Bravo. If I could laugh louder, Fantastic. I would laugh louder, Scott. That was that. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's that was, not that hard. No. Uh, so really, you don't have any talent. <laughs> I guess any I guess any monkey can do this. You say next in Puerto Rican? No, honestly, it is it was it, it was difficult because I'm trying to pay attention to what you're saying so that I could respond and write the joke at the same time. I'm not gonna lie, I thought that you were having a crisis during the episode because you were just looking at the other screen the whole time. I thought something terribly wrong had happened. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It was really good. It was really good. And on that note, there's a lot of podcasts I want to plug. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you listen to any other podcast but ours, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. (laughs) No, seriously, guys, thank you all. If you're listening this long already, geez, geez, you listen to us. If you're listening to us twice a week now, we owe you something. Not much, but we owe you something. Actually, no, we probably don't owe you anything at all. This is a gift to you. So, on that note, on behalf of Sarah and Scott, who's trying to take my job, I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you right here next week. Bye. Ryan says, just steal some of our jokes in here, Scott, for those. Oh, wait, you did that. (laughs) I did. I did see some of them. And uh, I was really excited about the blazer joke. I just I was trying to figure out how to word that. The blazer joke was good because I thought you were going in a different direction for a second, even though you kind of did. You kind of did. Where'd you think I was going? Oh, 
Go on. Oh, you thought I was going more of the hate crime route? Oh yeah. Oh no no no! I was I was going the whole uh, stoner route the whole time. I wasn't yeah, sure it, which way it was going. It, it was fine either ways. way. Yeah, kind of went both ways, like me. So anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't go both ways, but I wish I could because I'm all about inclusiveness. No New Friends After Dark has been brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpipervacations.com. Just check out our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. Become a friend with benefits. Check out our sweet merch and so much more. This has been a No New Friends Entertainment LLC production. <laughs>